Hey, Ryan, how do I get project-based learning started at my school? I've gotten some form of this question nearly every day for the last decade from engaged educators just like you. So at Magnify Learning, we've created a free download to get you started. Whether you're a superintendent, principal, coach, or teacher, go to whatispbl.com to get started on your project-based learning journey today. Magnify Learning brings project-based learning workshops to schools across the country because we believe every child deserves to be a part of an inspiring story. Whether you're a superintendent, principal, coach, or teacher, the PBL Playbook Podcast will equip you with the stories, resources, and trainings you need to bring project-based learning to your school. If you want me to answer your PBL question on the podcast, visit whatispbl.com and click on Ask Ryan to submit your question. All right, PBL Playbook Podcast audience, you are in for a treat today. We've got a PBL showcase, and we've got Jordan Manley with us this morning, and he's going to tell us a little bit about uh, where what school he teaches at, and then he's going to break down a PBL unit for us. And Jordan and I go go way back. We were talking PBL uh, a long, long way back, early days of Magnify Learning and UK Next Gen. And uh, really pioneering a lot of that work. And uh, Jordan's been blossoming that whole time. So it's been fun that our journeys have crossed paths several, several times over the years. I'm really excited to have him on the, on the podcast. Thanks for being with us, Jordan. Yeah. My name's Jordan Manley. I teach at STEAM Academy in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, this will be, I'm finishing up my seventh year. And like you said, uh, before I started here, I was uh, sent to magnify learning training. And I was right out of college. I didn't even know what that meant. Uh, so before I even stepped foot in Steam Academy, I uh, came and spent a week with you. So it was awesome. I don't think I even knew that you were that new. I love that uh, you just had a ton of passion and you've always had that. Uh, by the way, Jordan's a great follow on Twitter as well. Uh, hey, Jordan, can you tell us a little bit about Steam Academy where you're at? Yeah, sure. So at Steam Academy, I teach health and PE. And we're a pretty small school. We serve right around 400 students. I think our projected enrollment next year is a little bit higher, but uh, we have a small staff, small school, and we really love that vibe in our community, being able to keep everything close, keep our students close to us. It also allows for our teachers to to work together. Uh, I'm the PE teacher, but I get to work with math teachers and science teachers and build new projects and really stretch myself to to learn about what's going on in every class and to be a part of the student experience across the school. Yeah, I, I love that. I specifically didn't actually introduce you as the PE health teacher because I want, I feel like that's like a, like it just dropped right there. <laughs> it can be. Because we always get that question, right? We always get that question like, what about the specials teacher? Does this, does PBL work in PE? And and you just laid it out really simply that absolutely it does. And then it also allows you to tie into the other content areas as well. Yes. I love that you're bringing that perspective today. Do you want to walk us through one of your PBL units that you really appreciate? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one thing that I do um, with our partnership with the people over at the University of Kentucky is I train pre-service teachers. So uh, this spring... I, I'm working with my second student teacher right now, but my first student teacher, uh, after a handful of weeks, uh, she was like, you know, I keep hearing this term PBL. What does that mean? And I was like, oh, thanks for asking. Like, let's do this. Uh, and so I was like, here's what we're learning right now. Here's how we can do this for PBL. So 
the theme that we were working with in PE was net and wall games. So any game that involves a net or a wall. So we think badminton, tennis, pickleball, spikeball, volleyball, things like that. And we started talking and she was pretty interested because she had never seen pickleball before. And she's like, how did pickleball even come to be in existence? And that conversation from me to her was like, you're already doing it. Like you're doing PBL because you're asking the questions. That's right. Yeah. Right. So just that question of how did pickleball become a sport? And it's, it's becoming a very popular sport around our country. Uh, led us to understand that there's this uh, there's this tool that other teachers use in their classroom called design thinking. And how do we take design thinking into the PE class to create a more personally relevant, appropriately challenging and meaningful experience for a student who, you know, people don't want to address this, but PE can be a huge turnoff for kids if they don't grow up in recreational and competitive sport contexts. You know, the assessment practices in PE lend themselves to uh, testing and assessing student knowledge and skill to perform a set of activities that is traditionally very competitive. And so we want to bust that up because the majority of our students don't exist in that context. And so for them to thrive and have success, we really have to put them in situations where they own and design their own physical activity experiences. And so we built this driving question. Um, it was something along the lines of like, how can we design uh, better net games for our classmates? And uh, the essential part of that was our class uh, may not all be interested in doing a uh, a tournament because that's really popular to do in PE class. Let's do a tournament and see who's the best. But rather, can we design a, a broader swath of games so that instead of having to spend a lot of time doing a tournament, we can just learn a lot of new things and different ways to play these games. So our students went through the design thinking process, and we can talk more about that. Uh, to design their own games and they worked with uh, teams and collaborated to modify equipment, to modify rules, to modify boundaries. Some of them use rackets, some of them use kickballs. So it became like this really messy looking PE experience, but it changed a lot for my students. Yeah, I heard a lot of voice and choice in there, right? So student empowerment, right? They're, they're driving the learning. Uh, I like the the adult mindset as well, right? That you're building in your student teacher at that time. Like, ask good questions, right? Have inquiry, right? Even as adults, like that's when yeah. it spills down into our learners. So, what's design thinking look like in PE? How does it walk out? Yeah, sure. So, for the audience who may or may not be familiar with design thinking, it's a it's like a five step process: empathize, define, ideate prototype and test. And so essentially, we didn't want to butcher any of that process just because we're PE teachers. You know, we didn't want to say, oh, we don't need that piece because like we're teaching, we're teaching in this really active context. 
we still wanted to put them in situations where they had to go interview each other to figure out what was wrong with the experience for them. And, and maybe that sounds wrong because it's not what's wrong with the experience. It's what could make the experience better for them. Right. Um, so we put them in like fish bowls. And so if you had a team of six across the basketball court from you was another team of six designing a game. And so our first thing that we wanted to do was say, all right, the first thing you have to do is design a game for each other, not for yourselves, but for the other people. So that put them in a situation where they had to go through an honest empathy protocol to understand the human centered piece of, of game design. PE teachers do it all the time. We figure out new ways to teach games. And the only way we can do it really well is if we understand our students. And so we had to put them in situations where uh, they had to honestly interview each other. Uh, and they designed a little gamer profile. We made it look really cool, like like it came from Xbox or something. Like, hey, like you got to design this gamer profile of the person that is going to play your game. Tell us about them. And then... Uh, once they did that, they went back, they finished designing their gamer profile. They went into this phase of ideation. And so I've got a bunch of whiteboards on wheels in my, in my gym. They each got a big whiteboard and their job, I, I just set a timer for five minutes. And I was like, you just have to write down as many ideas for your, for your person as possible. And, uh, some of them really thrived in this. Like they were like, what if we did this? And like, they're throwing out all the ideas and they filled up the whiteboard. And then some of them, they kind of struggled with this piece, like the creativity piece. And I think the ones that struggled with it were the ones who are more ingrained in the traditional sport context. But like, these are the rules. And it's like, but you don't have to have those rules. Like you don't have to use that equipment. It's okay. So really challenging their creativity and their collaboration skills in that uh, phase was pretty tough. But essentially, they took those ideas one by one, they would test them within their group. And if they felt like they got something going, if they felt like they had an interesting idea, their task was to pull their design group over and have the people they were designing for test the game. And that elicited that critique and revision process. And it, it became very, very iterative. And the thing I liked the most about it was the students became, they didn't wait for me to start telling them, hey, get your group over here to test this. They just started going over and asking, okay, will you come test this idea for us really quick? And to me, like, that's a bigger win than any type of, of like skill or knowledge they can learn about pickleball, right? It's like they went and asked for, for criticism from a classmate like that's so that's so huge that they have uh taken failure out and they're just looking to uh make better like they're 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 looking for the feedback they're they're wanting to revise so uh that was really big yeah that's so good jordan i don't i gotta interrupt you at some point because there's so many good things in here the idea that you're building empathy within your learners you know this idea that you've kind of Leveled the playing field in in gym class, right? Like, I love gym class. I was a three sport athlete, right? Like, I went in and did the tournaments. Yeah, me too. And my wife is the complete opposite, right? Like, she just dreaded gym class and like 
you know, didn't want to bring the uniform or whatever so she could sit to the side and that kind of thing. And you've kind of said, hey, you want to do the tournament, but let's let's bring this down. Like, how are these games created? Like, how can we make them better for other people? And then the other side of folks that maybe weren't typically engaged in your gym class saying, hey, look, there's a lot more to this, right? Like, let's think through some of these processes. And I just, I love it. I love the engagement, right? The I, And then I think the next piece to engagement that I heard in this is then I heard empowerment. Like, you didn't have to push them to say, hey, now's the time. Go talk to somebody else. Try this out. They were in, which means there's a ton of authenticity. Like anytime there's a PBL unit where your learners are running after and trying to get to the next step before you, you have that authenticity where they're, in this case, trying to really serve other learners, right? Yes. That's fantastic. You said kind of the vibe real early on of STEAM Academy. So you you guys have a culture that you intentionally build, right? As a staff and as administrative staff, you all buy into that. But how do you change? It's a very different culture in gym class, right? In health. Like, how do you start to build some of those things so that your learners will go on this journey with you? Yeah. So you really do have to like disarm this idea of like traditional PE. And, you know, for all the PE teachers out there listening, I don't mean to to hurt anyone's feelings, but uh, we have to be focused on our experience that we give to kids. And uh, if, if you're not familiar with it, uh, there's a framework called the meaningful PE framework, and it is a lens through which to view the experience for a kid in PE that focuses on personal relevance, appropriate challenge, emotional safety, social connection, things like that. And, um, it is a, a mindset. It is a lens through which to view PE that, uh, helps to build that inclusive environment and kind of the way the the place that that I like to start is through that empathy piece of on the first day like we've got a walking track in our gym so I'm up there I'm like hey let's go take a walk like I just want to talk and I'll give them a walk and talk prompt so that they can talk to each other get to know each other one unique thing about our school is that we have students from all over the school district who choose to come here. So they're not districted to come to our school. So our ninth graders, most of them don't know each other. So starting with that, like social connection piece is always huge. But one of the things that I will ask students as I'm walking around the track is like, Hey, where'd you go to middle school? Did you have a PE class? How'd that go for you? What was good about it? What could have been better about it for you? And then once, uh, once they, talk to each other and I've had a chance to talk to them, we'll have a bigger conversation about what PE should be. And uh, my goals for them as like uh, from a a social and emotional side, it's like, I want this to be a place where you can come hang out with your friends. Uh, If at any point you're not feeling like included in something, if you feel like uh, this is becoming a place that's not safe for you. Please talk to me. Uh, we are going to compete and and we are going to play games that count for points and this and that. But it doesn't have to be like that. And uh, I will find ways where we can do things that, that really meet your needs. So, again, trying to let them know that their personal context, the relevance to the personal learner is really important to me. 
So those conversations really propel us forward into a good semester of, of PE. Yeah. And I think those same processes that you have in place can apply to any content area, right? Like you've got, that's a great conversation yeah. to have in an English class, right? Like if you get to a place where you don't feel safe, maybe because you're behind or you've got reading challenges, like I want you to let me know, right? Like there are kids that are in math class or English or science that don't feel safe because like they just feel really far behind. Giving them this idea that, hey, I care about you, right? And and here are my goals for you. I really like that you're explicit about those goals. And again, it seems like in the sports arena, goals are very, you know, concrete. Like, you know, I ran a six-minute mile, so next time I want to run a 550 mile. But really, those same goals, they're in an English class, right? They're in a math class. Like, I want you to be able to apply these math skills, not just to your homework, but to the real world. So, I think any any teacher in our audience listening can apply these different ideas as well. Yeah, and that's something that I'm keeping track of on a weekly basis. So, we use an app called My Move. It's M-I-M-O-V-E. And there's this brilliant guy who started a PE teacher training program over in London, England. And uh, I got connected with him through some stuff at the University of Kentucky, but he left higher education to become an app developer. And his whole mission is centered around this idea of, of meaningfulness in physical activity and in physical education. And uh, so he built this app and every day a student or anytime a student logs physical activity, they uh, click the click the app open, click the little plus button, and it gives them a five question survey about the activity. What did you do? How long did you do it? How did you feel about it? Uh, where did you do it? And uh, the last question is kind of open response. It's like, would you like to add any notes about this activity, add a picture or whatever? Uh, when my my students all have accounts on that app, I have them uh, in question five respond to themselves in question three. So if question three is, how did you feel about this today? And it's a scale of one to five, like horrible, not good, okay, good, great. In question five, they have to tell me why. Why did you feel the way that you felt? And so every single day after my PE classes, I can go on my end of the app and I can pull an Excel spreadsheet with every single kid that tells me what their experience was like in PE class. And uh, on a weekly basis, we take that data and they rate themselves confidence, enjoyment, social connection. They rate these other pieces of meaningfulness. And what we see throughout the semester at Steam Academy is a growth across these metrics of uh, confidence, which is my favorite one. You know, are you a confident mover? Enjoyment, we see a little bit of growth, but for the most part, we just get kids who enjoy activity already. So we don't see that big gap in enjoyment, but um, social connection most of our students have never viewed physical activity as a social endeavor. And so every week I like to look at their physical activity reports and just see how are you rating yourself on these pieces of meaningfulness in my class uh, to let me know, uh, am I meeting my goals for them? Am I creating this safe place for them? Yeah, the, the confidence metric that's that's a moving for you, it just seems so strong in the area of physical fitness, right? Like how many people don't go to the gym because they 
they aren't confident enough to walk in the door, right? Or they won't get a trainer because, right, they just, the self-confidence or the self-esteem isn't there. But it's like, that's exactly what you need, right? Like getting in the gym will build that self-confidence. So that one metric that you're moving, right, is huge dividends down the line. Absolutely. That's exciting. So Jordan, as you've been on this journey, on, on this PBL journey, design thinking, right, just as an educator and seeing the results, like what would you say to a principal or a teacher that's kind of on the fence about project-based learning and, and trying to figure out where do they start? What would you say to them? Yeah. And I think we've already talked about this. We've, we've at least mentioned it, the adult inquiry piece, right? If we are learners in this journey of learning with students, right? We have to challenge ourselves to do the thing too. And so use the design thinking model, right? Find that small group of teachers, uh, talk to them, empathize with them, figure out what's going on in their classroom, what they would like to make better with it. But ultimately, what you want to do is if you're on the fence and you don't really know, like, do I want to fully, fully uh, go down this road or do I just want to tiptoe? Just find that group of teachers in your building that will go down that journey with you and empower them give them the training, the resources that they need, and allow them to develop their own little professional learning network within each other. And the results will really speak for themselves. So again, some metrics that you should monitor along this journey, if you're going to empower these teachers, look for the teacher confidence. I've talked to them frequently, like, how are you feeling with this? Are you feeling confident? I work in a building that has fully embraced this idea. And we have teachers whose confidence is a roller coaster. Mine, mine as well. Like I have days when I'm not super confident in my in my abilities with this work. But you know, having those conversations and making sure that uh, teachers are confident with what they're doing. I mean, even survey some students. Like check in with the students uh, and see how confident they are. If they're enjoying their class, if they're feeling uh, challenged or not. And I think what they'll find is that a lot of these non-test score metrics are going to be like so far beyond the students who get the traditional experience and the test score metrics will be on par too, right? So we don't want to, we don't want to say, well, test scores don't matter and like this and that. We know like, okay, the test scores matter, but also do kids like coming to school? Right. Do they feel challenged and do they feel safe and like they belong within the classroom with the teacher? And I think PBL is the best way to create that environment where kids can become true learners. Uh, they become uh, empowered to seek out learning themselves. They start acting like adults and professionals and they take learning seriously. When it becomes that personally relevant and uh, appropriately challenging context that they're looking for. Yeah, that's great advice, Jordan, and, and advice that you've, you're a great testament to that advice as well, as you, as you give us some of these resources that we'll put in the show notes, like the My Move app or the Meaningful PE Framework. We'll get those things in the, in the show notes so that people can engage in those. Always appreciate your thoughtfulness to the work, Jordan, uh, and all the work that you guys are doing at STEAM Academy. So thanks for chiming in today. PBL Playbook Podcast audience, you just got a great 
overview of how you can jump into the PBL framework, whether it's in your PE class or your language arts class. These are some ideas that hopefully inspire you to seek out some more information. Uh, And we'll put some of Jordan's contact info in there as well. So you can follow him on Twitter and see what he's doing there. And in the meantime, go out there so that you can engage your learners, tackle boredom, and transform your classrooms.